0: Women can get blue balls too. And I don't think people realize that.
1: Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast. Based on the comedic social channel, all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is awesome limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. For those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. I'm the voice behind the comical Big Kid Problems Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now obviously podcast. Welcome. We have such a fun episode for you this week. Clinical sexologist, registered psychotherapist, cannabis educator, and best-selling author, Dr. Carlin Costa is in the house today. She is such a fun guest to interview. I mean, such a wealth of knowledge in there. And basically, we're talking about sex and weed today. I mean, who doesn't love talking about sex and weed? Before anyone gets freaked out, I'm just going to come forward and share that I suck at weed. So if you're a fellow non-weed smoker, don't worry. I swear this episode is still for you. First, we talk a lot about having better sex, how to get back in the mood if you're in a rut, some performance hacks for girls and guys. I know I usually gear towards the ladies on this podcast, but guys, I've got you too. Don't worry. And then... I mean, I couldn't have a cannabis educator on the podcast and not ask about weed. We talk about incorporating pot into the bedroom, but also shit like what to do if you're having a bad trip. Yes, there are hacks to curbing a bad reaction ASAP. And where was this party hack like six years ago? <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you know, I shared it in an episode, but I've had some bad experiences with pot But I am a huge CBD fan and we get to talk a little bit about the benefits of CBD too. It is just such a fun episode and Dr. Carlin is such a riot. I would have her on every week if I could. Speaking of, we only have one episode after this week before I take a little hiatus to go get married. So if you guys are enjoying this podcast, please remember to share it with a friend, maybe post it on your Instagram story. You guys spreading the word helps keep this podcast alive. So share the love. All right. With that, I say we get started, folks. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. ABC Monday, nothing says summer is back like a brand new season of The Bachelorette. Katie's journey to find love begins with 30 new men all hoping to be the one to get her final rose. And the drama starts night one when one of these men arrives in a box. Who is this mystery man? Is he, pardon the pun, the whole package? And the biggest question of all, have we seen him on a season of The Bachelorette before? And this season, our Bachelorette has two friends on the inside. Bachelor Nation fan favorites, Taysha and Caitlin, stepping in to help make sure Katie knows who's there for the right reasons, and who should take a moment and say their goodbyes. No word yet if Katie's got her buzzing bestie with her. You know, that vibrating... um, Well, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Will Katie find love, good vibes, and the happy ending she's looking for? Will the mystery man in a box give her a ring in a box? Join the journey as the new season of The Bachelorette premieres Monday, 8, 7 central on ABC. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm joined now by Dr. Karlyn Costa. She's a clinical sexologist, a registered psychotherapist, and a cannabis educator. Whew, what a uh, <laughs> what a string of uh, things you got going on here, girl. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited to have you. Okay. Which one of those was came first? <laughs> Were Ooh. you a sexologist first or a cannabis educator? I want to know. I mean, aren't we all
0: sexologists? No. Um. Yeah. I was a psychotherapist. So I became a psychotherapist first. So I became a registered psychotherapist first. And then I specialized and became a clinical sexologist. But I've been a medical cannabis user because I'm here in Canada. So we've had access to medical cannabis for years, long before legalization happened um, a, f- a couple of years ago. So for recreational. So I've been a medical cannabis user way before any of that also. So I don't know. I think they kind of like happened simultaneously,
1: but just all, you know, came together. <laughs> <laughs> all came together. Uh, so, so fun. Such a s- fun range of topics. I'm like so excited to get into it today. Sex I and weed. Feel like
0: <laughs> like, sex right? and weed. I mean...
1: <laughs> like I talk about sex and weed for a living. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really figured it out. Let me tell you, you're doing something right here. Um, okay. So sex and weed. I figure... All right. Let's just let's just freaking like pull the bandaid off and get right into sex. because In I mean, that's what the people want. That's what the people want, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Move I, you up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was kind of uh, reading up on you, and I know that you have this movement going called the One Million Orgasm Movement, and I want to talk about orgasms. I want to talk about you know you you have this thing called the orgasm gap. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what you're trying to do with this movement? Yeah, so the One Million Orgasms Movement
0: is all about addressing the orgasm gap, and the orgasm gap is this beautiful uh, concept. Right, that uh, women experience less orgasms than men. And it's true. And it's not to say necessarily overall, but definitely in partnered relationships. So, you know, when we talk about women who fake orgasms, when we talk about women who don't masturbate, when we talk about the idea of deserving and receiving pleasure, that's what I'm talking about. And it's eliminating that orgasm gap because how many times have you used or heard women use the excuse like, oh, I just have a headache tonight. Or like women just don't want sex as much as men. And all of those things are false, right? That narrative is this like really weird narrative that women have somehow gotten into. And I think it's because of the overt sexualization of women and women trying to kind of gain back power of their sexuality. And I think we kind of got lost in the mix a little bit, lost in a little bit of translation. So I've created the One Million Orgasms movement to talk about orgasms, to talk about pleasure. And that's actually why I'm wearing my Oh My Goddess crop top. <laughs> because things that make you go, Oh My Goddess is you know when I come and when I feel awesome in my pleasure and in my power as a woman to own my body. It's pretty awesome. Owning your orgasm.
1: Owning your orgasm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I definitely talk about this with friends. I've heard this, you know, a million times. That you know, sometimes it is. It's tough to, you know, as a female to get off. Sometimes. I mean, guys have it a little. I feel like just you know your your engineering is a little bit easier, maybe. But you know, I feel like we all go through phases. Like sometimes we're really stressed. Uh, you know, we have our moods, like we have, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And I'm interested like in your research, like what you've found that's keeping us from orgasm.
0: Oh, mostly ourselves, <laughs> to be honest with you, right? It's like the things that are keeping women from orgasming is a lot of it is ourselves, right? We feel, you know, that it is others' responsibility to give us an orgasm, right? How many times have you said, or like, have you been talking with your girlfriends? Because I know this has happened like a lot in my 20s. This is what happened, right? It was like, oh, I went on a date with this guy. Like it was all right. And, but like, I don't know if I'm going to see him again or like have sex with him again. Cause like he didn't give me an orgasm. And when somebody says that to me, my like my heart goes into my pussy and comes back up and it's like, whoa, what are you talking about? What do you mean he didn't give you an orgasm? That's not his job. Nobody's job is to give you an orgasm. That's that's what the first uh, step towards eliminating the orgasm gap. is. Step one is to own your orgasm. Step one is to say, listen, this is my body. This is my pleasure. I know, first of all, how to get there. Step two is I know how to communicate to my lover, to my partner, to my husband, to my wife, to whoever it is, how to show up for me in my pleasure. Because the thing with, or- with orgasms is that we, for some reason, we think, you know, we, we receive some stimulus and then it's just like automatic orgasm. And like, if we don't get that automatic orgasm from the stimulus, something is like wrong with us, right? Or something is wrong with them. And in fact, it's about coming together with like your power, your pleasure and your partner and communicating, hey, this feels good. Hey, this doesn't feel so good. Hey, faster here. Hey, slower here. Hey, seven, 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 seven. Those are all from my friends, my friends, people who watch Friends. If you watch Friends, you'll know that, that reference. <laughs> if you don't watch Friends, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's about owning your orgasm and saying, listen, I, body, I own my pleasure and you have the pleasure of being present for my orgasm, and I allow
1: you that gift, and that's what that's about. Ooh, okay i'm <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving this concept. That's such like a that's so that's such a good thing to think about. Like it's actually not somebody else's job. Like it's up to you if you want to get there. So I think we have to we have to start at the beginning. <laughs> we have to get we just start at, I I want to. I feel like this is a real thing. Like I word. What do you say to Anybody who's experiencing this, where they are not even in the mood to get mm-hmm. started, like yeah. if you're not even in like in the headspace to get aroused, I feel like it's almost impossible. So, um, you know, for anybody who's maybe going through a dry spell or going through one of these situations where they're just like not into it, like I know, like. Yeah. I go through periods where I'm under like extreme stress yep. and sex is the last thing I want. <laughs> um, so how do, you, how do you kind of get your libido back up if you're in one of those?
0: Yeah, fair. I mean, I think that's a fair question. I think first of all, it's about looking at how you address that. Like how do you hold space for your sexuality and for your pleasure, right? Because when you say to me, you know, when I'm really stressed, I don't want to have sex at all. But like when I'm stressed out, that's like the only thing I want to do. <laughs> is have sex because like you know for some people it's an escapism for some people it's a chore right for some people it's a way to recharge for some people it's like a job you know what i mean so it really first of all it is about a matter of what perspective and how what kind of space do you hold for your sexuality and your pleasure so do you see sex and the expression of your body and your pleasure as a job as like work Right? Or do you see it as like an expression, an energy releaser, right? Like going to the gym. You don't really see people like hate on going to the gym. They're like, oh, I go to the gym because like it releases energy and I work out and I feel really good after. Sex is the same thing. It's just like a mini workout. It literally involves all the same parts of your body and the same processes, the biological processes of your body as going to the gym does. Right? Mm. So, so I think that's that's one of the things that we do have to look at is what is how do you see it first?
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you don't want to go to the gym either. Yeah. <laughs> you're really dragging your feet to the gym. So if you and I I know, I mean, I've had conversations with my girlfriends, especially in longer term relationships. I think this is like one of those things that comes up or it does sometimes feel like a chore. Like you you might not necessarily be in the headspace, but you know you have a partner that you want to keep happy. So how would you, how would you maybe flip that for anybody who is experiencing that as like feeling that chore sensation around it?
0: Yeah. Well, so then I would take them a step back from sex and look better at intimacy, right? Often when we're in these relationships and we're feeling, you know, a little bit spiceless, <laughs> a little bit mm. dull, right? My advice is never to be like okay like start scheduling sex jump right in just pretend that nothing is wrong right that's like the worst thing that you can do what i would say first of all is to take a step back and look at the intimacy that you can share with yourself and with your partner first of all and what levels of intimacy are you open to or available for right it doesn't have to be sex it can be so many other types of shared intimacy and then negotiate that with your partner because quite often, you know, sometimes a hand, holding hands can lead to a hug, which can lead to cuddling naked, which can lead to sex. You know what I mean? So you want to take a look at some of the baby steps of it. And the other part that you want to look at when we're looking at sex seems like work or, or showing up for a partner, like, I don't know how I want to do this. You want to look at how inspired you are in your life, right? Sex, you know, I've seen, you've had wonderful people on here that talk about chakras and dharma and all of that energy exchange stuff here on your podcast, right? So it's not weird for me to talk about our sacral chakras and our sacral chakras are where a lot of our creativity comes from. Our sexual energy also comes from that area of our bodies, in our pelvic areas, right? Creativity comes from there. Um, a lot of our self-love can come from that area, as well as that energy to engage with ourselves and with others. So when we're blocked in that way, that often means that we're feeling kind of dull in other parts of our lives. So if you're right. not inspired in the bedroom, let me ask you, are you also not inspired in your life? Right. right. So, because Sarah, when you say to me, you know, when I'm stressed out. I don't want to have sex. And I'm like, okay. So, but is that... There's like good motivating on the hustle stress. And then there's like, I don't want to be here stress. So where are you at?
1: Well, okay. I actually... This is interesting. Because like Mm -hmm. you say, like it's from the same place of creativity. Like I wonder if like, if you are a creative or if like my business is like, uses all my my creative juices. And I wonder if I'm like, oh, maybe I'm like overspending My creative juices on work and like not saving enough for the bedroom. Like is that a thing? Or do you think that they both kind of build on each other? Well, they build on each other, right? Because
0: you know, you don't run out of energy, especially from that creative center. All you can do is just keep charging it, keep recharging it. I mean, there is a time for rest. Always there is a time for rest. But, you know, it's not like if you're too creative in your life, then you're, you know, you're gonna be bad in bed right that would suck could you imagine could you imagine if like it was between like being like a professional dancer or something and or like a sex goddess like what would you choose at that point right so they're more like one in the same and they can actually feed each other so if you can look at your creativity and and become inspired by the energy that you're putting into it right put a lot of that movement medicine into it put a lot of that Pleasure, like this feels good, that loving energy into what you're creating. A lot of times people will get turned on, right? Someone is the sexiest when they are expressing their genius. Okay. So, whether, you know, have you ever seen someone, you know, on a stage or on TV? Like, that's why we fall in love with celebrities. Is because they're in their genius, they're in their passion, they're in their power in that moment, right? They're in like their true alignment and path. The same thing goes for everybody else, though, right? So that's why sometimes you'll see someone like at the bank and like a bank teller, and you're like, "Ooh, you're cute," and I don't know why, or like a realtor, you know what I mean? Like like a really boring job, like a banker or a finance guy, right? And you're like. Are really cute. And I don't understand why, because your personality is like done, right? Like just flat. And it's because people, when they are expressing their genius, that is when you are activating that sacral energy, activating that Kundalini rising, and you are in your highest alignment and you are your sexiest because you're radiating all of that really awesome energy, which also means that you get wet. Because you become aroused yourself. Notice the next time that you are in your like true happiness or your true genius for work or expression, creativity even. Check your panties after. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: I'm my just- God, I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, I mean, if you're doing something that is like super fulfilling and you're in your passion, I get it how you would be aroused. But like, I want to give you a scenario here. Like you're you just made dinner, you worked all day, you're sitting on the couch just wanting to zone out, your partner's on the other couch, and like this is maybe day four in the week where you both just like come home exhausted and like haven't even touched each other. What about then? Like, how do we get aroused then? And like how would it like, you know, kind of flip the tables a little bit when things are a little crusty? Well, because that then at that point then
0: things have to become a choice, right? You have to start choosing how you want to invest in yourself and your time. Life is just a series of choices. That's all it is. Never let anybody take that away from you or tell you anything different. Life is a series of choices. So when you come home and you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, you're tired, but you're also choosing to be exhausted. You know why? Because have you eaten well that day? Have you moved your body that day? Have you meditated that day? Have you taken care of your mental health, your physical health, and your emotional health that day? Have you checked in with yourself that day? Or are you just done? Right? So that's like the first kind of indicator is is that, is how much in your alignment, in your balance are you, right? What choice are you making to live a fulfilling life or to live a happier life or to be inspired? By your life. But then, you know, life does go on. I've been in like those long-term relationships. You just get home and you're like, okay, (laughs) I don't want anybody, especially people with kids, right? You're like, I don't want anybody to touch me. I don't want anybody to ask me any questions. I don't want anybody to do anything. Well, not every time has to be sexy time. And that's why I said, you know, a little bit earlier that it is about choosing intimacy, then at that point, right? And it doesn't have to be sex. It can be just a snuggle. It can be just a handhold. It can be just, you know, maybe making out for five minutes. You don't have to jump all the way, you know, to the jackpot. Start spinning the wheels slowly and see where that takes you. And if you're finding that even spinning that slowly isn't taking you anywhere, then it is about making a choice to invest your time and energy in making and creating space for that. So maybe it's not, you know, Thursday night when you've been exhausted from a week, but maybe Friday night is sexy time, right? And scheduling sex and scheduling date nights, the biggest myth around that is people say, oh, like it's so unsexy because it's not spontaneous. (laughs) Listen, listen, let me tell you, the stat is 80% of women do not actually want spontaneous sex. That's actually false that people think that spontaneous sex is sexy. No, women don't want that. We like plans. We like to be organized. We like to-do lists. We like and you know, knowing what's coming up. So scheduling date night and scheduling sex night or intimacy night or whatever you want to call it, right? Is actually really sexy for us and sexy for people because it allows you to build up and it takes away that pressure from having to think about it any other day of the week, because you already know that it's coming up at a time that you purposefully and intentionally made time for. Yes.
1: Um, I'm interested if you have any, like, okay, let's say you have one of these date night situations, because I actually just got a yeah. really good piece of advice from one of my married friends. Um, okay. Because there's been a, a couple situations where, like, my fiance and I will have date night and we're like, I'm like, all right, it's on. And then we go out to dinner, we get a couple of drinks, and then we're like, let's get dessert. And then we come home and we're like, oh, I'm so full. <laughs> And so one of my married friends was, she's like, you need to have sex before you go to dinner. Is that like, I was going to ask if you had any like thoughts around this. I totally agree. I totally agree. That
0: is actually a big, I've been actually reading about that a lot more recently. So it must be like on the trend right now. So on date night, especially because, you know, especially people with kids or people who are just used to waking up earlier, right? You're not used to staying up all night. You're not used to like drinking wine and gorging and eating all this food and dessert and then being like, all right, like, hey, baby, I'm feeling sexy, right? now." you're like, I got to go to bed. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Have sex first, right? Have sex in the shower together while you're getting ready, right? Flirt a little bit. Have some fun before you go out and then go and like indulge in yourselves and then get home and snuggle and pass the fuck out because that feels really nice. And then there's no pressure either at the end of the night to show up and perform.
1: Yes. I've noticed that like from taking that advice, like the few times we've actually done that is like, then we go to dinner and it's just so fun. And you know, you're already, you kind of like now have this established like connection and you yeah. can really like relax and like eat. <laughs> your
0: yeah. Yeah. And if you eat and if you have sex later, if you decide to take dessert to go, right? Like then you just get to have sex again, which is so much fun. So <laughs>
1: Love it. Love, love that tip. Um, <laughs> okay. So I want to go back to, cause I know we're talking a lot about couples and, um, you know, we've talked a lot about like, if you're not feeling it, if you're tired, blah, blah, blah. What happens if your partner, like if you're feeling it and your partner is not,
0: <laughs> that happens a lot. Right. What do we do in that case? Right. Well, it's about having that conversation. Is this a trend or is this like a one-off? Because if it's just like a one-off kind of thing, I mean, those happen, right? Like you're not turned on all the time, right? I mean, some people are, but you're like normal. (laughs) Most of us aren't turned on all the time. So those one-off nights are totally okay. But if you're feeling it and your partner is not, that's fine. That's totally okay. But that doesn't mean you can't get in. What that means is that you have to take yourself into your private beautiful space and own the fuck out of your orgasm and give yourself a beautiful date night. You know, I'm I'm a single woman. So it's interesting to me. I talk to women a lot about masturbation and self and self-pleasure and how so many people feel like shame around that. And there's nothing to be shameful about. So if your partner's not feeling sex, that's totally okay. Go handle it yourself, goddess. you know what I mean? Own your orgasm, bust out one of your favorite toys and have yourself a great time, right? And the same goes vice versa for your partner because that's also one of the things that I hear a lot about from some people is like, well, my husband masturbated or masturbates all the time, and you know I'm feeling left out. So what's that you know what does that mean? It's like well, have you two tried to come together? Literally. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, literally. Right. Have you guys tried to come together or has your partner tried to like show up for you in that way? Has your partner like tried to be like, hey, baby, like, let's connect? And you've repeatedly turned them down over and over and over again for a variety of different, very valid reasons. But, you know, you don't want to be hating on people who are owning their orgasms and their pleasure including your partner, yourself and your partner, because that just gets you into a really rough cycle of resentment that is not cute at all.
1: Yeah. That's actually interesting. I'm thinking now, like I'm thinking since because my my fiance and I were long distance for a really long time so i was all self pleasure like on the train yeah. and i think since You're we mo- yeah since we moved in together and i wonder if like other listeners listening to this can relate like i don't think i've ever masturbated in the house like when my fiance is there you know what i mean like i'm like I've just never. I've never done that. So like, that's kind. God, I really hope my parents aren't listening to this episode. (laughs) You know what I mean? I hope your mom's masturbating. No, (laughs) visual, Visual I do not need. Um, But you know what I mean. Like, I feel like a lot of maybe, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe people listening out there like don't even realize like, hey, that's an option. Like, you can you can totally do that.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I
1: hear that. I hear that a lot.
0: And even myself, when I've been in long term relationships, right, you, you kind of get comfortable with it. And then one day you wake up and you're like, huh, when was the last time I did that? Or like you, all of a sudden you're agitated one day and you're like, why am I agitated? And you just need to go rub one out and you're like, oh, that's exactly what needed to happen, right? We dismiss our pleasure as a valid tool for emotional well being and mental health. We dismiss it way too often because there's a lot of like fetishization around it right there's a lot of like glamour around it there's a lot of sexualization around it so we dismiss it as invalid but you know sarah your homework tonight is like go home and masturbate like i'm just telling you right now you know because just because you're in a relationship doesn't, with another person doesn't mean that stops the relationship that you have to continue to nurture and build with yourself.
1: Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, just be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. If you've ever tried meditation before and just didn't feel like it worked, or maybe you just don't think you have the time, Headspace is here to make meditation and mindfulness simple. I mean, I had those exact same thoughts when I first started meditating. It's like, I barely have time for all the things in my life currently, and you want me to add more things? Like hard pass. But Headspace makes it easy to build a meditation practice on your own schedule, even if it's just for 10 minutes a day. Guys, think of all the time you spend aimlessly scrolling on Instagram, like 10 minutes is totally doable. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better Whether you're overwhelmed or need some help falling asleep, Headspace has meditation for you. For my parents out there, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. It is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com big kid. That's headspace.com slash big kid for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal they're offering right now. So head over to headspace.com slash big kid today. I did want to talk, I, and I want to move on from because we have so many other fun things to talk about too. But yeah. on the topic of orgasms, because this just came up with a girlfriend. Because we talked a lot about like females like not being able to get there. Um, what about with, with dudes can't get there? Because I, I I feel like guys mm-hmm. sometimes like have this added pressure of like they always have to come because it's like a visible yeah. thing. Like they can't fake it like we can. Um, and one of my girlfriends has like recently started dating this guy, and like they they go out a lot, and like they always hook up after like a night out. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. Like every time we start to hook up, like he can never finish. Like is it me? Like you know, he, maybe he doesn't like me. And I'm like, dude, it's c- maybe because you're like binge drinking for like six hours before you try to have sex. So <laughs> I'm curious, like your thoughts on that? Like for our dudes out there who might be having trouble, like some maybe some interesting factoids. Totally. About
0: that. Totally. Okay. So like Sarah, you're not wrong, right? Alcohol has a really big effect on uh, a man's ability to stay erect, right? On a person with a penis's ability to stay erect, right? There's uh, we have to be looking at our lifestyle choices, right? And there is a ton of pressure. I work with women, but I very much work with men as well. I have programs for women and for men, which is pretty cool. Um, and you know, we talk about that. We talk about how there's this like added pressure to have an erection, to have a boner, and to have like a strong boner, right? And that's all toxic masculinity. Mm. And often the, the here's the thing is that women, we've become really good at building community, talking about um, you know, the, the experience of being a woman from every angle, right? From being a mother to being a single woman to being the virgin to being the whore to being all the things, right? Guys. Haven't had that safe of a space in so long, or don't have access to, or don't feel like they have that option. So, there are so many men who are dealing with things like anxiety and performance anxiety, especially in the bedroom, depression, you know, the effects of alcohol or cannabis, for example, on some men, um, as well as some guys don't go to doctors, uh, men don't go to the doctor as much as women do. So are they having any cardiovascular challenges, right? Are they suffering with any type of mental health stuff, right? We don't hold enough space for men to talk about these types of important things, to talk about their health and to talk about the pressure that we put on men to perform Mm. and keep a hard boner and keep erect for our pleasure, right? And that's why I talk a lot about sex toys and owning your orgasm. Because there's a lot of different paths to getting to the orgasm, to your climax that don't involve a dick. And we really need to be able to expand our ability to engage in intimacy in a meaningful way that is not
1: limited to PV, penis and vagina sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. There's a lot that we could go into with when it comes to dudes, but I do want to like I do want to tap on at least one of these and maybe give some like practical like tools or anything for yeah. some of our dude listeners out there, because they listen to totally. lot, they listen to a lot of stuff about chicks on this podcast. And I want to give yeah. them something. Like if they if somebody is is experiencing like performance anxiety, because I'm sure that's a yeah. thing. Um, totally. like what are some ways to help?
0: Okay, so let's talk about some just really practical tools. So, first of all, for anxiety. Right? Uh, whether it's any kind of anxiety, whether it's performance anxiety or just regular anxiety, you want to start getting centered on your breath. So, having a really good, just even just a gentle like breathing practice where you breathe like three times for 10 seconds, you know, is a, is a really awesome breathe, uh, breathing practice. So, the reason why that's important is because it gets you back to being present in your body. Anxiety feels like it's outside of ourselves, like we can't control things outside of ourselves or beyond us right? So things like performance anxiety is, oh, will I be good enough for her? Will I, you know, give her, show her a good time? Will she have an orgasm, right? Or that kind of thing. So you want to, first of all, start with a really good breathing, te- uh, breathing practice or a really good technique actually for calming anxiety. And I can teach you one right now if you really want me to. Yeah. It's called the Valsalva Maneuver. Okay. So the Valsalva Maneuver is a great tool to um, to support people who are experiencing any type of anxiety. So, what you want to do for the Valsalva maneuver is you want to squeeze everything and bear down into kind of your pelvic area, almost like you're going to take a poop, but don't like shit yourself. Okay, <laughs> like so, that's key. So, that's key. <laughs> yeah, that's the key to all of this, right? So, close your eyes and squeeze and bear everything down. Okay, so and we'll do that for five seconds. Ready? One, two. Go one, two, three, four, five, (laughs) and then breathe out for five. One, two, three, four, five, and then you can do that kind of squeeze technique on your own. You can go to the bathroom, you can go to another room, right? And do that a few times. What that does is that stimulates your vagus nerve which is a bicommunicational uh, nerve receptor like in your body that tells your body, that triggers your parasympathetic nervous system to calm the fuck down, mm. okay? So that's one way that you can start to do that. The second thing when we're looking at erections and boners and, and trying to do all that stuff, especially if you have premature ejaculation, for example. So pre- people who have premature ejaculation who come too quickly, Right? Because I get you know, for a variety of different reasons. there's a few different things that you can do for that. And one of the techniques that you can do is called the squeeze technique. Now, you and I can't do it because we don't have penises. but what will happen is is that when you have entered into your partner, right, and you feel like you're about to kind of reach the point of no return, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say the point of no return, right? Before you get there, you want to take a step back and squeeze. Your pelvic floor. Squeeze those kegel muscles and pull your cock back from your partner, and just kind of take a few deep breaths and squeeze. All right, squeeze your pelvic floor. Some men actually find it uh, helpful to also squeeze the base of their cock as well, right, to keep them from coming too quickly. You're and physically squeezing breaths.
1: it, or like just like you internal. can. You can okay. physically, you can
0: physically squeeze the base of your cock, or and or you could also just squeeze your pelvic floor muscles. Mm. Okay, and, and the pelvic floor muscles are the muscles that. Okay, this is a great visual. So you know when you're lying in bed with a person with a penis, with your you know with your fiance, and you're laying there, and like he can make his penis go bing bing bing, <laughs> like move it up and down. Have you ever seen them do that? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't of course me. I don't know. I'm just saying, right? So like, right? That those muscles, right? Those are the Kegel muscles. So if guys, don't know what I'm talking about. What muscles to squeeze. It's the muscles that make your penis go bing, 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 like the really fun thing. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> right? So you can squeeze those and pull back, take a few deep breaths, and then go back and enter into your partner. You don't want to start thinking about your mom or your grandma because you'll just lose your erection. <laughs> what you want to do is just take a breath. There's some other things that can help, especially for people who do premature ejaculate though, or for people with anxiety. Um, it's actually works for both, is you can start using cannabis. Mm. So you can use cannabis, especially for premature ejaculation topically, where you can apply cannabis lube. And I can teach you a really great at-home recipe. It's super easy uh, how to make your own cannabis lube. And you can just apply it, pre-apply it to your penis. And that will help. Um, it may help you feel more, like more sensitive. And it may also though help, um, desensitize you a little bit as well. Okay. It just really depends. Every penis is different. That's the thing. But then some people can smoke cannabis, for example, and it helps them be a little bit more present and able to go with the flow a little bit better
1: and allow them to kind of calm some of that anxiety. Um, okay, no, this is like a perfect segue into cannabis. So I do want to talk about more okay. of that, but I keep faking you out because I'm like one more question, and then we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. cannabis. But I have to go back to this. One. <laughs> I'm Sorry, yeah, no, okay. do it, do it. So um, I do want to go back to you know the whole thing about like it's yours, like it's on you to come every time. Like back to our chicks, if you're in a moment, because I know every girl has been there where you're like uh-huh. having sex, you're in it, you're trying to, you know, you're you're doing your thing. And then maybe like a thought comes in or a to-do list comes in and you get totally taken out of the moment or like you're just not able to like release, like you're not able to get there. Like, are there any little tricks you can give us for, for that situation? Yeah,
0: totally. Okay. So first of all is just t- take a breath and stop being so hard on yourself, right? our our minds wander when we are in that moment, right? It can be really hard for people to practice that kind of presence all the time, especially when you have a lot of stuff going on in your life, right? So take a step back, stop being so hard on yourself. First of all, it happens. The idea though, is to make sure that you come back or at least you try to come back. And sometimes, you know, you you feel it, you feel this buildup and then you lose it. I hate it when that happens, right? Because like, women can get blue blue balls too. And I don't think people realize that, right? Have I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but I've definitely experienced it. Oh yeah, it become, I have too. Yeah. Women can experience blue balls. Why aren't we fucking talking about this? You know what I mean? Like guys are like, uh, I'm like, no, bro, hold on a second. My ovaries are going to explode too. Give me a hot minute here because like, are you kidding? I get turned on too. So So if you get into that kind of a situation, what you want to do is take a step back and stop doing whatever the thing is that you're doing and just like completely switch it up. Completely switch it up. So if he's going down on you or you know, if you're having sex like P and V penetration or any of that kind of stuff, maybe stop and start doing something else, right? Because you need to take some of the pressure off of yourself to perform, Mm. right? So maybe start focusing then on your partner and get yourself back into the mood or get them to start focusing on you in a new and different way. Or take a break. Mm. We put so much pressure on the fact that sex has to end with an orgasm and that's how we know it's done, which is so wild. And that's why so many people are suffering when it comes to performing and to achieving orgasm is because we feel like we have to do this big thing, this big. You know, orgasmic thing for sex to be good or for sex to be done. But there is no done. There is no, you know what I mean? Like, who's measuring? Who's keeping count? You know, the idea is to be in your flow. So if you can't get there, then just be done with it and then come back to it when you're feeling it. And I've done that and I love it because then I have bigger and better orgasms when I come back to it, like 10 minutes later after I've had a drink and gone pee, you know what I mean? (laughs) Relieve some pressure off my body or like. You know what I mean? Ate a piece of chocolate and sat on his face for a hot minute instead. Like leave it and then come back to it. Yeah. It didn't fail. And we put a little... Yeah. I want to just like change that narrative so bad.
1: Yeah. That's probably a good thing for people to hear because you're right. Like I do think a lot of us think like that is the ending. That is the sole goal. And that's what we're trying to do. And if we don't get there, we suck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not true. It's not true at all. Yeah. Guys too, guys too. You don't have to come every time. And goddesses, you need to stop putting pressure on men to come every time. They also don't have to come every time. Just have some fun, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. If you have a side hustle or side project like a bachelorette or a wedding, or maybe you just want to impress your boss, you no longer need a graphic design degree to make epic invites, itineraries, swag, social media assets, and more. All you need is Canva Pro. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can help boost you or your team's productivity and creativity. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need, no matter what your skill level is. Like, I like to think I'm a creative person, but executing my own ideas is hard. I feel like I suck at technology, but Canva Pro makes designing so much easier. So, no matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a class of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all of this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. I mean, I'm all about a template situation. Like I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. So that's actually one of the things that I love most about Canva. Their templates do all the design work for you. I mean, I recently used one of their templates for a baby shower invite I had forgotten to do until the last minute. And the final product came out so chic and cute and nobody needed to know that I did it in five minutes. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. So whether you are showering a mom-to-be, trying to impress your boss with a visibly stunning presentation, or working on your startup, your creative possibilities are endless with Canva Pro. So get ready to design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash bigkid to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash bigkid. That's canva.me slash bigkid today. Okay, so now let's let's talk about weed. We've talked a lot about okay. weed. We, we need to get our cannabis in because it's not every day I have a cannabis instructor on the podcast. I have to tell you, I actually like suck at weed. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad at weed. I don't know how to weed. Um, I used to try. Okay. I used to try. Like I remember, like you know, back in the day, like in high school and stuff like that. Like, my, it was like cool to smoke pot, and like all my friends would smoke pot. And every time I would, I just thought like everyone had panic attacks. Like every time they smoked, I was like, Is this what we're doing? Like, is this is this fun? And people, it's I finally, like a choking game. You're like, Why? Yeah. I'm like, why are we doing <laughs> yeah. this, you guys? And then I realized it was only me. Why do you think yeah, okay. some? Why do you think some people have different? Um, take it like worse than others.
0: Yeah. So everyone will respond to cannabis in a, in a, always in a bunch of different ways. And that's because of the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system is, this, is the largest system of receptors and, that we have in our bodies. Every single one of us has them. And the cool thing about cannabis and the reason why cannabis is such a powerful plant medicine is that cannabis, the plant contains phytocannabinoids. So plant-based cannabinoids, that connects with literally as like in a lock and key kind of method with the endocannabinoid system of our bodies. The endocannabinoid system regulates things like our immune system, our digestion, our mood, our sleep, uh, our circadian rhythms. Even sometimes our you know our circulatory uh, system, like it, re- our mental health. Like it has a hand. Oh, fertility regulation. Oh my God, it's Like I just could keep going. It has its literally its little receptor fingers in everything that we do. Everybody's bodies though, we nurture our bodies completely different, right? Like some people are more susceptible to different diseases and illnesses as others, depending on how we live, nature versus nurture. Cannabis will also affect us differently. Just like we have a variety of different birth controls. That's why we have a variety of different kinds of cannabis and consumption methods as well. Because what may work for some people doesn't always work for everybody. And some people actually are allergic to cannabis too, and they don't even know it.
1: Mm, What does their allergic reaction to cannabis look like?
0: Cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. It's actually really nasty. It's called CHS. And it can happen to people sometimes right away or over a prolonged period of time. And what that looks like is when you consume cannabis, you go into violent vomiting. And diarrhea. And the only treatment, legit, this is it. The only treatment for it is to take hot showers. That's it. (laughs) Until the pain goes
1: away. And sometimes it's days at a time. Will that help? Like in general, like if you're having a bad reaction to like an edible or something like that, like taking a hot shower. Okay. So now we're talking about greening out. Greening out, whiting out, whatever you want to call it. So that's
0: what that's what Um, happens when we consume too much THC. It's when we kind of like overload our systems, right? Do you know you get alcohol stuff? Same thing can happen with some people for cannabis and they call it greening out or whiting out. And there's a few different ways that you can actually address that when that happens. Uh, So one of the things that you can do is take like a nice warm shower and just like rest for a second and allow your body to kind of calm down. But some people get um, really nauseated Uh, Will vomit, you know. Will faint. Even I fainted before. Right. Especially if you mix. Well, if you mix cannabis and weed, people don't realize that you can't really mix the two together, right? Cannabis uh, affects your body. Cannabis and weed
1: aren't the same thing. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Cannabis and alcohol. My bad. My bad. I I I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Cannabis and alcohol. Cannabis and alcohol. Right. So if you're experiencing, like if you feel like you're about to green out or you know somebody who's about to green out, there's a few different things you can do. First thing that you can do is give them CBD oil. Okay. So CBD oil acts as the lock when THC, the key is in our receptors. Okay. So CBD will stop our endocannabinoid system from responding so rapidly or crazily to the THC. So that's the first thing you can do. The second thing that you can do is get someone to either smell black pepper or citrus. Huh, so you can take like yeah, so you can take a bunch of black pepper, put it in your hand and just start smelling it or an <laughs> orange or like a lemon or something, you can start smelling it or eating consuming citrus. That will actually also really help too.
1: Wait, I'm picturing like a high person like actually pouring pepper in their hands and sniffing it and it going all up their nose and them like literally hating me
0: (laughs) for giving them the worst. No, just put like some peppercorns like in the bottom of a deep, deep cup and just get (laughs) very gently smell some of the peppercorns. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, you can chew peppercorns though. If you chew peppercorns that... What that does is that that
1: triggers beta carophylline and it actually helps counteract it as well. This is so interesting. I did not know <laughs> any of those. My whole thing is like, I don't get like nauseous or like throw up. I just get super paranoid. Like I I already have like yeah. anxiety as a person and then you add a little yeah. cannabis in there and I am like, it is doomsday. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. If anyone's having so like a super paranoid trip, like are there any little hacks for that? Uh, yeah. Calm the fuck down. No, you start
0: eating, <laughs> eating, eating something is really, really good. Putting on some gentle music is really, really good. Getting some fresh air is also really, really nice. Also like just kind of positive self-talking and being like, hold on. I'm the only one who's paranoid here. I'm the only one who's freaking out, right? Taking some deep breaths and remembering. Also look at the strains that you're consuming. The reason why people you know it's really important to talk to people in the cannabis industry who do this work when you are selecting your cannabis, especially if you're new to weed, is because there are a variety of different strains and levels within the cannabis world. So like you definitely Sarah, cannot consume thirty milligrams or of cannabis where I can and still function generally, right? ish. I can function in the garden. That's my functioning (laughs) Um, at 30 milligrams. There's a variety of different types. Not all cannabis is the same. So for example, there are some hybrids that I just don't like. Indica hybrids. My body doesn't like... It actually makes me more paranoid because I have anxiety as well. And it triggers that. But I can consume a cannabis with a really high content of limonene, for example, which is like the citrus and a high THC. And that actually makes me feel really, really good mm. um, as, as a sativa. So you also have to be aware that if you are going to be taking the medicine, you need to learn about the different forms of the medicine.
1: Yeah. Is there one, I know like, that you, have the, you mentioned indica and sativa. Is there one, like if you're going to bring this into the bedroom, just to come full circle here, um, yes. that, you would, that you would recommend? Um, okay. So I wouldn't look at indica or sativa for the bedroom. What
0: I would be looking at is THC or CBD. Mm. So if you are experiencing pain, for example, like your body is in pain or um, you experiencing some pain or tightness around your vaginal area, for example, right? Then you maybe want to look at a CBD to help calm your body because CBD is an, an, an anxiolytic. Um, so it helps with the anxiety. It helps with that tenseness and that tightness. If you are looking though, to like, really bump up those orgasms to feel really, really good, right? To get that blood flow going. Then you want to look at a high THC, which is going to kind of give you that like dreamy, like, uh, you know, in fantasy world kind of feeling. Oh,
1: <laughs> it's so funny. My, um, my fiance and I, when we were in LA, we went to a MedMen store and there was these like, there was like these mints or something like that. And it was called like sensual and it was like made for like, it was like sex. Like you're supposed to take these and like, then like go bang. So we're like, all right, you know, it's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Yeah. We both take them. I'm, <laughs> did you not? I was like in the corner having convulsions, like literally like shaking, like so, oh, so no. paranoid having a full-blown panic attack. And it just put my fiance directly to sleep. So like oh, you no. the two of us having like the work, like, you know, no sexy time was had at all.
0: Oh no. Yeah. So you need to look at micro dosing is what you need to look at. You're taking way too much goddess. You're like, I, well, what's need, the thing for me yeah. is
1: I'm like, I love CBD. Like I am team hundred percent CBD, zero percent THC. Cause I do, I do yeah. feel the effects of CBD and I like love it. And I feel like, Oh, it makes my body relax. Like, I feel good on yeah. it. And it's just like whenever I add even the slightest amount of THC, we're in like, we're in a terror zone, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's good for you to know. Yeah. Your body just doesn't need it. So don't feed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for anybody listening out there, like, would you want that, you know, just experiment, kind of figure out what works for you? You get too much <laughs> yeah. in there. Smell, a lemon. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smell
0: a lemon. Yeah, everyone's just gonna be carrying lemons in their purses for right now. I love <laughs> that hack. I'm like
1: so excited to use that at a party if somebody's tripping out and be like, "Here you go." Totally. Yeah, <laughs> lemon. Get
0: them to chew it. Get them to, to smell it. Um, or pepper, anything like that, or even just getting them to eat. Right. So eating something really connects your brain back to your body, and your head back to your body. And that, that's usually what is happening is that your THC receptors in your brain, in your in your um. Upper quadrant of your body are going, they're freaking out, and your rest of your body is like, "Whoa, guy, what's going on in the party up there?" Like, hold on a second. Yeah, Um, yeah, I can't wait for you either. But, but yeah, if if you are new to cannabis and you're like, okay, how do I get started in this? So first things first is a little bit goes a long way with weed. Okay, so if you've never tried cannabis before, maybe I would never try with an edible. I would never try cannabis for the first time with an edible because it lasts a lot longer and you don't know what's going to happen and you can't really do anything other than go to sleep once it's in your system, Mm. right? So that is never the first way that I would try. The first way that I would always try cannabis if I didn't want to try it topically, you know, like for pain or to feel good in your pussy, any of that kind of stuff, um, I would try smoking it first. So either vaping it or smoking the flower because the high only lasts one to two hours. You can kind of like snap yourself out of it if it's too much, right? And you can use the tricks like I just gave you, right? Like black pepper, lemon, taking a shower, you know, citrus, that kind of thing, taking CBD if the THC is too high. Those tricks can actually be used in those cases, right? Whereas with edibles, it's a little bit harder. That's good so to kind know. Kind of calm that down. That's yeah. definitely good so, to know. Yeah. I feel like edibles yeah. um
1: like look more enticing. Like, I don't like it. Smoking to me yeah. feels very harsh. And I'm like, oh, I could just eat mm-hmm. this like delicious little gummy bear. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then, then you're really <laughs> out like, for eight <laughs> hours, like, get me off this ride. <laughs> yeah.
0: CBD, CBD, CBD. CBD, <laughs> CBD.
1: And that's the last thing I want to leave on because I, this audience knows how much I love CBD. And I, I would love like a professional's opinion on like all the good things that CBD can do for you. CBD for life. Just some CBD. CBD
0: on life. CBD, CBD is good for your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. For great for sex, great for fitness, and working out, awesome for yoga. Great for food, Make t- helps you, you know, food tastes better, helps the experience better calms you down, makes you feel sexier, you know, relieves the pain. What isn't CBD good for?
1: (laughs) Oh, all I like, of it. I just realized that for the working out, um, I take I take CBD usually, like if I'm stressed or if I need to go to sleep or if I'm like in a traffic jam, like all of those situations. But um, I've been working out a lot more because I'm like getting ready for a wedding, uh, and I've been putting on a lot like of more physical um, stuff on my body, and taking CBD after a hard workout, I found is so helpful. I'm like, how did I not know about this?
0: The best. And then you do your stretching after. Oh, I love it. Like I love taking our like popping since be like halfway through my workout. And then it kind of kicks in near the end of the workout when you're in your like deep stretch. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh my God. I love it.
1: Harlan, I could have you on the podcast for five more hours. I feel like these are such fun topics and like we could talk for days about this. This was yeah. such a blast. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. If people want more from you, where can they find you? If you wanna come hang out with me and my goddesses and lovelies, come
0: and hang out with me at CarlinCosta.com. Check me out on Instagram at Carlin.costa and come and join me at the Everyday Goddess Gang for Women. And uh, let's
1: talk, book a free discovery call and let's see uh, let's see how we can bring some goddess love into your life. Amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna link all of that in show notes. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Sarah. All right, that is a wrap on this week's episode. I hope you guys like this one. I want to give a big shout out to Dr. Carlin Costa for being on the show. She is such a blast. I mean, I could have chit-chatted with her forever. Guys, there is only one episode left before I take off for my wedding. I'm getting so excited and actually a little sad that this show is ending. I'm taking some time to settle into married life and honeymoon this summer. So please, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be the first to know when this show is back. I may drop a few surprises. I mean, you never know. So make sure you click that subscribe button and also leave a review if you can. Your reviews mean so much to me and it helps with sponsors and really just the overall success of this show. So if you have an extra minute or two, we're wrapping this bitch up. Leave a little two-second review. I promise. It's easy. Guys, I say it every week, but especially as we get close to closing this chapter, I just want to say... Thank you for listening. I mean, there are so many podcasts out there. So it is not lost on me that you choose to spend your hour with me. I'm truly honored. Thank you. Have the best week and I will see you next Tuesday.